Welcome back to the Final Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Breezy, and today we're going to start a long overdue topic, and that is the PUBG Esports disaster of 2019, at least towards the end, it was uh, really in shambles. And don't get me wrong, not all was bad at PUBG Esports. There were some great moments like PGC and uh, PEL, certain seasons and all of that. However, it's important to know uh, what was happening behind the scenes and start talking about what was really going on in PL and MPL specifically. Today we got a team owner, well, an ex-PUBG PL team owner. His name is Eric Hansen. He owns Desperado Esports that played in PL, um, but also runs a very popular chess channel called Chessbra. He's going to share his side of the story and the struggles of running a PUBG Esports team. So let's dive right in. All right, here we go. Eric Hansen is here, chess grandmaster, ex PUBG team owner, and all around yeah. great guy. How you doing, man? Hey, glad to be here. Well, um, it's minus minus thirty, minus forty this week, so it's a perfect time to do a podcast. What, what is that? Comfort. What is that in Celsius? I don't know the in Celsius. In Celsius. What? In Celsius. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoa! What the hell? I thought zero was cold, but okay. No. no so. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's Canada, far up there. It's Canada, it's, yeah, yeah. We're out here. Yeah. So, I brought you here. I wanted to have you here because uh, you owned a PUBG esports team called Desperado Esports. Uh, well, mm-hmm. you still own Desperado Esports, but not a yeah. PUBG lineup anymore. Um, that's right. You're one of the many teams that dropped uh, their lineup during the last month or two for well, many different reasons, I guess. But uh, tell us about the esports team and the idea behind it and how it came to be in the first place. Um, yeah, um, last last few years, um, I've mainly been focusing on my own content creation and streaming uh, chess uh, activity. But uh, I used to compete in uh, Counter Strike like oh, it's like 12, 13 years ago when I was in high school, just in the amateur leagues, Sevo um, and. and Cal and I, I just loved gaming, just mm-hmm. loved loved it, and and that was before esports was where it is today, where you have some games that are doing really well and the whole ecosystem and, and people making lots of money and mainstream media. So um, I was really happy to see that over the past few years, but about a couple of years ago, I was like, I wanted to have more of an involvement and, and give back or or, or or see what it's like. Um, to be involved and i thought okay well i mean um i'm not i don't think i'm a player right now or anything like that so i can help maybe from an organizational perspective or see how i can how i can uh, just participate in in what looks like from an outside perspective because it was a few years where um i was living uh just traveling, competing in chess, and I didn't really have a desktop. I was just like traveling all the time on my laptop, and I watched a bit on Twitch, but I couldn't get the game. So now I'm like mainly streaming on Twitch. I got a nice desktop. I get to play games. I was like, oh, this feels good. I want to get back into it. So I was looking at um, FPS games. That's always been sort of my my favorite genre. And uh, I was like, oh, this PUBG um battle royale a couple of years ago started a, a takeoff and that was totally new to me like i was yeah. old because i'm just used to like again counter-strike or even like age of empires or something like the games i played or starcraft and uh 
So this is this is exciting. It's a it's a new take. Um, everything is growing. Uh, I'm seeing huge numbers like of of players that I'm not used to, like a million players at, on that once, and I'm like, wow. So that was like PUBG. That was Fortnite because um, both of them broke records. Uh, I think yeah. when the games were released. So I was like, okay. Um, and then I spent a while just learning about it, reading news, following streams, uh, and this is about I would say both games, but um, PUBG in particular, um, uh, I got into through Twitch Rivals, uh, not Twitch Rivals. Um, the uh, it was a curse, was maybe it or something. Streamer, the streamer. What was the streamer? Broadcast Royale. Broadcast Royale. I was invite. Uh, they had a free spot, and I got invited to that, and, and I played. So um, that was my first experience with PUBG, in playing it. Besides watching it a little bit. Um, and uh it was cool i liked it a lot uh so it was a bit organic like i think that that's what pushed me into it a bit more um just how just being able to drop in with 100 players and and uh the survival part of it. i don't know i just had a lot of adrenaline it was a really good first time experience except that my computer was was really laggy <laughs> like streaming chess to go in which you don't need much then streaming yeah PUBG. It's like amazing, like even a decent computer, you, sometimes you just can't do it. Yeah. So that was the hard part. But no, the game itself was really fun. And I was like, you know, um, this is exciting. Um, everyone likes it right now, but it's not an eSport yet. Like it was just, just a lot of momentum and energy. But it's not like there's a league when I was researching it. And I was like, when I looked at Counter-Strike, it's like, holy cow. I mean, they're big events, but super yeah. expensive yeah that would be expensive to get into right and so from a business perspective it's why let's say pubg was attractive uh still fps a lot of realism there uh fun uh mature though like there's you know there's blood and stuff like that I, I like that and whatever all the other parts of it um the audience seemed a bit more similar to what i was used to um, but it's new so it could go really high who knows uh, but it's an exciting space to enter. So that was like summer of 2018 when I played Broadcast Royale. And um, I had seen the game mainly through, like, I think, Dr. Disrespect and Deadmau5, who used to stream a lot of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. before he got Canadian banned and stuff. Producer. Exactly. Yeah. So, so um, that, yeah. So I was like, yeah, every, it's, it just seems cool. And the people streaming it are pretty relatable. Um, and it'd be easier to invest in as a new thing. I mean harder in a way because you don't know what what's going to happen but uh cheaper i should say it's because it's like well everyone's a relatively new player yeah no one's established there's just opportunity to, to exactly. get really good or, or build a team so um i wanted to get into esports from from an organizational perspective um and uh so then PUBG was uh, near the top there and i was looking at fortnite a bit because it was mainstream um, but why did I want to get into it besides being a fan? The other thing is um, I was having trouble getting sponsors uh, on the chess bra side. Our channel started to take off quite a bit more um, in 2018. We had some big events. Uh, viewership went up like double, triple some months. Um, it was growing a lot. And we just chess is just not not that yeah it's or, different it's, it's just, different. and I, I can't sell it as an esport very easily so i was thinking hey if i can when i was talking to the logitechs the red bulls it's always been a little hard it's like 
do I present it as a sport or an e-sport or we're our own category, but that makes it even harder. Cause then I'm trying to, it feels like I'm trying to convince people like, I'd rather just talk about our numbers as opposed to first having to talk yeah. almost like philosophically chess is good. We have good viewers. It's growing. It's an old game, blah, blah, blah. I'd rather just be like, Hey, you can accept it as something to invest in that's growing. It's part of this wave of, of, of viewership uh, on esports and, and, and social media platforms. But the, dis- the getting the discussion was so hard. I was like, if we show, you know, if people go into our channel, they'll see it's pretty exciting and pretty fast paced, but I just couldn't get a lot of those conversations going with companies, even with our viewership, even if we had 5,000 viewers. Yeah. And um, I was like, well, maybe, maybe we can um, uh, also, you know, by investing in esports, if the team does well, we can combine the numbers, sort of approach, approach some companies and make it easier because these games are more attractive right now. They have higher viewership. And by the same time, we have our stable viewership. And, core products with with what we're doing in chess and and we can approach it a little bit differently but but improve our pitch mm-hmm. to, to companies um because we have something sexy and cool in, in esports and in particular battle royale so that was like one justification because uh and we'll get to this like it, it was a it was a big invest it was a, it was a pretty big investment mm-hmm. um even if it was cheaper to get into PUBG, it's not Nothing in esports is cheap right now because everyone's trying to exactly, get in yeah. and things like that. So um, it was still it was still a big decision to make. So um, when did you so, enter so the with, market? Yeah. So in September 2018, we picked up a couple Fortnite players, and I actually didn't know too much about Fortnite. I always feel like I can understand skill a little bit from shooting and my mechanics there, but it's still different in these games, especially Fortnite with farming and building. And that picked up a couple players there um, in September 2018. And September 2018, I was speaking with a lot of PUBG players at that point um, and learning about the scene. But I didn't invest at that point, Mm -hmm. firstly, because leagues were finishing at the time or in progress. But that was before the league year. So I was just watching like Awesome and and Star Ladder events. Um, Another thing was... um, uh, I met a couple PUBG players through our channel. So mm-hmm. I met uh, Bahawaka at, at, at a US. He came to me. Apparently, he likes chess a bit. So I met him at a PAX East in the, earlier that year. So he's like, oh, I'm a PUBG player on. He uh, played for one of the big teams. Optic. Optic, Optic yeah. And uh, so, okay, I learned a bit about that from him as well. That helped. And then uh, Ultra. Uh, Ultra, one of the players, uh, later. is yeah. was also yeah one who ends up uh, was uh, also uh, in our channel uh, sometimes uh, a fair amount and he's from Norway and Norway's a big chess country so there's a lot of overlap there but so a couple of guys were actively playing uh, I think he was on Red Diamonds at the time mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. but uh, he was playing... Diamond Dogs Diamond Dogs Diamond, Diamond Dogs Diamond yeah. Dogs or Red Diamonds different yeah, Diamond Dogs and and so. It was cool to, that I could actually ask some people questions and watch them play and learn a bit about the scene at the time. It, it just looked pretty exciting. And that was all, again, summer, we're talking about 2018, summer, September, that's after War, Worlds in July, which was pretty successful. Looked looked good from my perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting. yeah. Everyone's perspective. So everything, I, guess, yeah. I was getting information, I was watching 
events. I had people being friendly and optimistic about everything. So I spent some time there talking to, to people and players. Um, but I didn't pick up a roster until January 2019. Um, so after um, the first stage of qualifiers, which was like November 2018 mm-hmm. for the new PEL, the PEL system that they ended up announcing. Um, yeah. So, so there's, I spent about five months learning and watching and figuring it out. Also the system was a little disorganized at first. So if you didn't have a team that was already directly invited, you weren't sure what you were necessarily getting into. Exactly. I mean, it just made sense to almost wait for a team to qualify and pick them up because you don't want to pick up a team. They don't make it through opens and, and, uh, and then you're like, yeah, so contenders was yeah. was good enough for you to pick up just being in contenders league at that point. Um, it looked like the it looked like the only um, option at that point. Uh, interestingly enough, when I I spoke, I was like just this chess guy messaging people. I was going on Discord <laughs> and just like questions, but um, I was watching events and trying to guess. Oh, who's unsigned and good right? Now? So was, we ended up signing a roster, a contenders roster, as you mentioned in January. But I had spoken to, um, I'd heard about Sauna Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think from Finland, ended up being like Windstrike and uh, doing pretty well. And also the um, ENTS lineup. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was like, those are a couple teams. And then the guys I was talking were, um, former Team Singularity, that was Calvin and uh, Tau Zera, um, so those who we ended up picking up. But I was just speaking to a lot of the unsigned teams, reading, you know, Reddit, watching events, and saying, "Oh, you know, what's a good opportunity?" But uh, yeah, at the time, Jan- by January, um, it looked like um, there weren't as many opportunities to get a direct PL team. And I thought, "Hey, what, what, this is what I thought to myself: like, who am I kidding?" I'm new into esports, especially from an organizational perspective. And getting into PEL for the very first phase, I don't, you got to get a place there. You got to know what you're doing. And I'm like, I'd rather build it up and treat it as a learning experience to build a team. Plus, it's like probably going to be a little cheaper, but I don't want to just on on short notice uh, get a team and just not know how to run it and have no experience communication. and infrastructure mm-hmm. so the i was like contenders isn't bad to start off with it's online it's manageable and we can learn as we go a little bit um, we're still ambitious about it but i was like it doesn't have to be a pel team phase one mm-hmm. because it's like they announced the five-year plan so it's <laughs> yeah. more about building uh, that's what really by the that, that announcement is what got me to pull the trigger yeah be like i want to find a roster it was the five-year plan um, because it's like then it's like you have time you can build up uh, you, you know what you're getting into and that yeah. was like that was the final green light and i was like okay so um that's why i wasn't in a rush as much but yeah that's a bit of the history there and so a lot of this is just me trying to find information and learning as i go so i can't say it was like hey we had this big meeting and corporate investors are like this is PUBG." and i was honestly at first just me uh, wanting to get into it. I, I do like the idea of 
it's a risky endeavor, but I don't mind investing in different areas. And yeah. especially here, it's a little more aligned to what we do because at least we're content creators and it's relatively close to esports. It's not like, I don't know, buying a restaurant or something. Yeah. So, like, we can try this uh, out. Um, and I hope it'll actually help both sides the chess side with our content there and, and our trying to get advertisers and, and esports side. Maybe we can contribute as well. So, um yeah that's sort of how i approached it at first and how i got into it um yeah but there was a lot of i spent about four or five months scouting things out and learning about the scene yeah it's great to hear uh especially for someone that wasn't in the esports scene before uh trying to get in and uh, get in the team i think not that many people are like completely new to something that they want to start an esports team and uh, i think that's great what you did um but tell us about the team itself. How many people are working in the team outside of you and the players playing? Do you have anyone else doing uh, the graphics and management? Um, yeah, so another thing that was a little bit easier is we have some full-time people with Chesspra, like a graphic mm -hmm. designer, video editors. Um, so I was like, hey, on that side of things, they can work with the esports team as well. It's you know, so I don't have to get new people. Um, so I was like, we can lend what we already do to Chessbra to the team on the graphic side. If we have to help with videos, maybe marketing um, for social media, uh, merchandising, we run our own store. So some things are related. I like, hey, we can just use that. Mm -hmm. um, but at first, it was uh, mainly just me. Um, and then again, we, we would use our guys if, if they were needed for, for mm -hmm. graphics and things like that um, but we had no team manager besides just uh, myself mm -hmm. and um, and then uh, Amon who helps uh, run Chesspra with me started getting involved uh, uh, more into it but he was learning about he has no gaming background for for especially FPS or PUBG so I sort of talked to him to it and over time he got interested and, and he got involved a lot more and uh, even traveled with the team to Berlin. Um, yeah, the one thing I'll say is, yeah, so when I was doing Counter-Strike, uh, I usually was the one submitting the rosters, finding players, doing stuff like that. But now, like, fast forward 10, 12 years or whatever, um, it's like salaries, it's like LAN events. It was, it's a lot more serious now, casually. So I was really like, this isn't just putting together a group of guys and not play qualifiers or something. I want to be really professional about it so just another reason is like i just don't have that experience so contenders it was really me listening to the players even if, when approaching rosters or like decisions I, I i felt like i had some understanding but i don't consider myself an expert especially in pubg um so it was really speaking to the players and they had a lot of uh creative control like a mm -hmm. lot of wasn't a lot that we expected besides the, the, the practicing and things like yeah. that. So even me as a manager is like, I can help an organization and, and whatever they're setting up computers or, or whatever, but not making um, necessarily performance decisions. Yeah, yeah. So it was first phase was not, yeah, we didn't have a lot of people. Okay. But how did your uh, contender team do and what happened to that? Well, um, 
we um we had two guys and then we added two more guys well they they did they were practicing and phase one we did great um but um so they they did really well in contenders usually finish first or second in the in the in the normal season but phase one is when PUBG canceled the qualifier for PEL <laughs> so we got screwed over phase one and that was I would say the first experience of me feeling like what what, what the heck is this how, how can they do that I, I was happy to invest in a contenders team and and build a roster and chemistry and I always had that approach I didn't want to buy a team just with superstars like hey you know we can apply maybe some things we have in chess and we've had some good results and you know we know how to like at least I mean, we have some experience winning on our side it's like it's not always about buying a roster but we wanted a chance to qualify for pel like that is still the goal of the yeah. team and of the guys um and and uh i'm sure uh, i was paying one of the best salaries in contenders because I was like, you guys are going to be PEL players or working towards this, and I want you guys to be able to uh, have more freedom to, to train and practice as opposed to, let's say, you have to work a job all the time and things like that. At least help where I can. I mean, yeah. so so it was really a goal, just like work on trying to get into PEL. That's the only goal. Mm -hmm. Don't care too much about streaming right now. Uh, don't care too much about just just chemistry just get in there <laughs> just get in there and the team was really clicking in phase one and doing really well um but they uh PUBG, yeah they did cancel the uh the pel um qualification of tournament uh which they would have qualified for i think we finished um in sixth in contenders mm -hmm. um in the um so and i think like top 12 teams go to the line in, in yeah. berlin um six was a bit of a it was okay i think but like it was as well within the range of yeah one of the best course, yeah. teams fighting for a pel spot that they were at least what i'd sort of expected the way that they were playing and they had high expectations um for themselves too so um it was like yeah we got our we got salaries everyone's feeling good they're playing good they got a chance for pel it's everyone's dream and then phase one they remove that so that was that was pretty uh, crappy, and I was like, "Well, what can I do? Like, I'm not used to this. Like, this was guaranteed, and, and what do we do?" But okay, um, what can you do? Uh, yeah, that that, that situation was can, really what, like. What dubious. can you do? I mean, they. It's not the player's fault. It's not our guys' fault. So um, we just rolled with it um and like okay another three or four months we'll make it count but looking back that 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 was like it just it sucks because it was about in my head three four months where maybe we would have been in pel sooner than we had been yeah and i i can say for sure i wouldn't have probably got a roster if i knew there was no chance to make obviously, it. Or obviously. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have paid a, like the salaries would have been different. Um, I mean, contender teams typically don't even have salaries, even if they're signed. Well, so you yeah, guys were uh, like, you guys had a premium uh, team right there in the contenders, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't want to enter like uh, one, one thing I was like, I see a lot of bad stories in esports 
about shady organizations as well. And yeah. I, I was pretty familiar with that and I see how it happens. I was like, I don't want to enter in cheap or look a little, we're going to try to be like, honestly, as nice and, and take care of people how I would want to be treated if I was a player. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I have a bit of that, again, like that experience, just chess isn't the same, but I deal with organizers, I play on some teams and how I would want to be treated. And, and so we wanted to come out, even if we're like paying more than we should be, it's like, it'll, people will appreciate that. The players will work hard and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, so yeah, a lot of teams, as you said, we're not getting paid or signed, but we're like, this is a PL caliber team. Uh, and uh, yeah, we want to tell the guys that they're worth it. We're willing to take a risk on them. But uh, it, so that sucked. That sucks from my perspective, not having the PEL chance. Because at the end of the day, that's the ceiling. The viewership in contenders was like way lower, obviously, than PEL and yeah. prizes and things like that. It's really just investing in the team to, to get there. So, so we, we lost a few months. There. At the same time, we get, we're gaining experience on the bright side. We're like managing the team. Went to our first LAN event. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's that's that was phase one, but uh, it had a bit of a sour taste because because the team, yeah, I feel like the team. Well, actually, it was easier to get into PEL during that qualification. Yeah, I was about to say the PL teams back then were some were really weak compared to yeah. like the top. So, so it was the time to get in for sure. It, it, what. It, yeah, I, I really viewed it as such too. Like when I was looking at it, there there were some weaker teams there, and it's only going to get stronger. Um, so I was like, "Look, I got a team, right place, right time. We got a good chance to make it. I have that chance." So, yeah, that was my first bad experience. And uh, <laughs> for first bad experience, <laughs> but, but we we had we had signed the guys to a couple phases. So, what can you do? Let's try to be very hungry and make it the next phase yeah that was the approach you know use this as motivation maybe yeah so what happened in uh in phase two then well so one thing is the guys did well in the kickoff cup which was the compensation from pel uh like a, a land event with prizes with pel and contender teams they did well there uh, they got like six there so six but it was like mainly pel teams in the final lobby and yeah so at least that that was a prize and consolation. But um, phase two, I was like, okay, we want to build upon it, um, what we were doing. Um, but as I said, I was doing it myself. Amon started helping, but we're not PUBG experts, and we don't want to pretend to be. So we added a coach in phase two for the guys, and I thought he could. It's still a contender team, so you don't need a, a house manager. So they can also help a bit with managing making sure people are you know practicing mm -hmm. so we tried to just kept the same roster and just added the coach and like let's just get better and and make no mistake about making pel um and same story there except um at the qualification event things went rough yeah. things were really rough it was like do really well in the regular season and then i mean yeah, it was a little, the guys, the guys, I don't know, we, we just did not perform. Uh, and it's tough. It's like a three-day event, right? Yeah, and, and it's, it's PUBG, you know? Uh, it's you PUBG. It's so PUBG, hard, so I know. And then 
come to single elimination or something and yeah. it's gone. Yeah, yeah, I know it can happen. Um, so when we finally got our chance, and we did well in the regular season again, this time we didn't make it. It was a stronger lobby, but okay, the team definitely underperformed by everyone's expectations, including their own. But it will happen in PUBG, and it just sucks because yeah, everyone's cool. The roster, ourselves, make it to PEL, and, and so that that was phase two. Yeah. So and, how uh, do you, how do you move on? Well, you guys, uh, their contracts were ending uh, then, or the contracts were ending. The contracts were ending. Um, and again, like we had added a coach, so it's like you know we're willing to invest a little bit more. We still want to do everything right, um, but the contracts were ending, and and as I learned more about the scene throughout 2019 too, it's like, yeah, I mean, if we're paying salaries, um, you can even get, you know, you can you're in the discussion of picking up just a PEL team mm-hmm. at this. Um, there were still some opportunities there and unsigned teams, so. Um, we, but the first thing I did, though, I, I mean, I was pretty busy on the chess side, so I was like, um, the contract's ended, we're going to take a step back and just think about what we're going to do, because first eight months of the year, didn't make it to PEL, had a couple of rough ends, like the regular seasons were, were good and fun to watch, but the end of phase one, end of phase two, we, we, yeah, we didn't, we didn't achieve our goal. Um, and throughout all this, the goal is PEL, not just like, oh, hey, we want to reach this. It's like, to get sponsors, you pretty much need to be in PEL. Yeah. There's no view, like, I mean, there's no viewership and contenders enough to really make a, a, a state, like, to really say, hey, like, we have good viewership or this is the thing. No, it's PEL where the, the viewership is higher, the players, the streamer, everything is just bigger. And that's what yeah. companies are interested in. So, Definitely. From the business perspective, telling the guys, hey, spending money on this team is going to help our chess side. Plus, we want to make the PUBG parts more sustainable instead of completely out of pocket. Well, we can't do that in contenders. I'd li- I like the guys. I like the We can't pay to stay in contenders. So we took a step uh, back and we're just looking around and seeing what was going on at the time. Um, and some teams had contacted me. So a couple of teams that were making it to PEL. So, yeah, I started thinking, do I want to stay in? Originally, in my head, because I thought it was important, my friends were like, Eric, you got to think about this. For entering PUBG or esports, this big investment, how long are you willing to go without the result? And I was like, I'll try a year. So I still had one phase in me at the time. Like, we can cut it off now, or we can still have that one phase. And I was like, if we're going to do any more PUBG, it's going to be in PEL. Because we're already paying, and even if we had to, you know, spend more, you you get a lot more in PEL. So let's see if there's any opportunities there. If there's none, um, and a couple teams have reached out to me. So one thing that I should mention throughout all this is we're probably wondering like why Europe and all of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because um, we're Canadian, uh, and so it makes sense, right? <laughs> it makes we're picking up Norwegian. Norwegian roster. Um, it was just for me watching the leagues and everything. I this impression uh, and looking at the viewership that Europe was stronger, both in player base, both in tournaments. When I was looking at like 
GLL and all. It just like it looked like there were bigger events, there are bigger players, more organizers, and the viewership was simply higher. Mm-hmm. And um, and okay, I go to Europe a fair amount, so it wasn't like it's like maybe from doing business it's harder in time zone, but we used to live there. It's not it's not at least like totally random. Europe is the hub for chess, so yeah. I've always had like I guess a bit of respect for it there, like and and. PUBG, we see the com- competitiveness too. People trash talking different regions. I appreciate all that, but it looked like Europe was stronger to me from an investment perspective because the the top of it had higher viewership potential, and that North American orgs that I liked a lot, like Phase and TSM and Liquid, were in EU. It's like, it, yeah, well, that's not a, that's exactly. not a coincidence. That's not a yeah. coincidence. So, um, and we want to be there competing with those guys. Because they bring viewers, they bring players. The overall investment seems more attractive, even if it's yeah. more expensive. Because in NA, there was opportunities to get good players, but it just seemed, it just seemed, yeah. Um, I had this. I just had that impression, mm-hmm. and I went with it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, uh, yeah. But did you get any sponsors while uh, you had the team going? Did you get any sponsors yeah. for Desperado? So everything you were doing was coming out of your pocket, and that's it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Everything, everything was out of pocket. Um, we weren't in a position where I was like desperate for sponsors. If it was like, hey, uh, we'll give you like a hundred dollars a month, and your players have to wear this. It was like we want like proper partnerships, long lasting with with you know respectable companies because even on the chess pro side sometimes you get opportunities to take because they ask you to do a lot and they sort of it's just a bad deal it's almost like taking yeah. advantage of, of people so we 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 wanted like uh to to wait we'd rather wait and spend a little bit more to get some pro- proper partnerships yeah, that was the yeah. goal as yeah. opposed to like yeah like just some some like shady stuff um and and again we weren't in pel yet at the time so i i was like well if we're not in pl i mean simply put like the the view yeah the the team the followers it's just there's not enough fans there or whatever to really to to, to make a good case to get sponsorship so uh you went into pl for phase three so what team did you get and how did that work out yeah, we picked up Besiktas. Um, they'd reached out to me. I had known Ultra. I'd known some of the guys I knew because that was a Norwegian roster. Um, and our previous team was, was Norwegian or had two Norwegian players. But um, they were looking for a new organization, simply put. They had some uh, bad experiences from what I heard. Um, so I was chatting with them about it. Um, and uh, yeah. At the end of the day, we came to an agreement pretty sh- on pretty short notice. I spent a lot of time still trying to figure out, do I really want to? And on short notice, can I really set something in Berlin? Um, at the time, I was traveling. But uh, we, we decided to make one last. We agreed, if we're going to do another phase. At this point, though, there's a lot of pessimism around the game. Mm-hmm. Already by summer of 2019, like we know that not everything is sunny on PUBG side. With esports and orgs are unhappy and teams are dropping out, 
So there's that which is in my mind, which wasn't there before. When I was first investing, it's like exciting, it's going to grow, blah, blah, blah. At, at this point, it's like, I'm still optimistic, but I'm a lot more cautious. Yeah. Um, I do want to say one thing throughout all this is I had no emails or communication with PUBG or even for the most part, Star Ladder as a, as a team owner and mm -hmm. contenders. Uh, there's so little communication. I, I simply didn't know what was going on most of the time. And, I had to get it through players or other people, but there was almost never any any communication like to me as as the team manager or the owner, like tournaments or, or just anything. It was just like it just I, I had no one to reach out to within PUBG that, or, or or Star Ladder that would get back to me or it just like it wasn't like some sort of weekly thing. Hey, team managers, team owners, this is what's happening. It was just like it, it was. It was pretty silent there, so you, I didn't really know what was going on. I wasn't happy about that. Um, it, it felt like, yeah, it just it was it was it was pretty pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so PEL phase three picked up a team, um, short notice, get them in Berlin, and I'm like, I definitely can't do this. I don't expect guys to just go there, solve it. Let's get a t house manager, team manager uh, in Berlin. And uh, well, we had to do everything in about weeks, like get the players signed, get an apartment, get computers. And so my August was pretty, pretty stressful. Um, yeah. But we decided to make one last push. That was, that was the, the point of the story. Um, and uh, yeah, so we picked up that team and uh, got them in Berlin. And, and then wasn't necessarily the way we wanted to approach it. Like the roster didn't make it there, but um we simply had to do it so so we went with this new roster got them in berlin and they were a contenders team that had just uh promoted so there were a lot of unknowns there on how they performed yeah. i mean i thought they were a strong roster but i truly didn't know i mean and it's just a different experience playing in the pel and uh yeah that was that was interesting perspective of me a bit as a fan like I'm trying to help the team do well. I'm trying to eventually find sponsors and, and do what I can. But I'm a fan of the game. I'm learning as as I watch. So it was uh, it was cool to watch and everything, and also stressful. But um, yeah, it was very much like still like relying on the players uh, for their performance. Mm -hmm. um, but in this case, for for phase three, we had an analyst and and a, and a team manager. So I had. I was trying to gather more opinions and do th do things right. I was just trying to follow the formula. So you basically gave the players the same conditions that Phase or Liquid have, like the the top teams, maybe outside of salary, but but with the with the accommodation, with the the gear and uh, everything else, the people around them, the manager and coach. Yeah, yeah. So um, again, I didn't want to. It just doesn't make any sense for me. I'm, I'm already made the to invest. I'm not going to. Um, what's the point of paying for a, a roster and trying to save money on an apartment if yeah. it's further away from the venue or it's, it's worse? Well, that will affect our performance. I, I, if I'm going to invest, I sort of have to commit to it. So we we did a you know apartment. Uh, hopefully, good computers. I think the players liked it. Um, an analyst, a, a team manager to help with everything else. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I tried. I tried. I definitely didn't do everything perfect. Definitely learning a lot of lessons. But in terms of that aspect of it, um, I didn't have a problem investing more and in trying to to make sure everyone was comfortable. Yeah. So when it comes to communication now, when you were in PL, uh, communication between you and PUBG, how did that work? Or at Star Ladder? Um, uh, like well, that. I had I had such a bad experience kidding before and I also just don't have the time to like chase chase people around for simple answers which was so frustrating with with PUBG and, and Starladder um that was like a serious justification where it's like if we're doing PEL there's going to be more communication required it's in person everything like that that's where the manager comes in and so I was just like that was a responsibility of theirs uh to do to be the you know to handle the communication between the leagues and the game and, and our team because I just I just had no faith in it, but I also just didn't have the time or patience like to, to just yeah try to get information. It was just uh and, uh, well, yeah, it was it was it was it was uh, I was like I'm done on that side of things. Other people can help out and uh let and let's let's add more people. I just yeah. I just can't can't run our normal business so let's get some more hands involved yeah but uh what about the issues uh coming up in phase three what were the biggest biggest issues that you faced as a team or as a team owner in phase three especially when well, it as comes a to team the end? as a team one thing that happened is we just horribly the team was performing bad communication was bad and that was when it was one of the first times that I stepped in and I was like, God, this is just bad. Like, we got to fix it. Everyone, we had a lot of meetings because it was just an awful start. And it was clear there were a lot of individual and team mistakes being made. And that's like where I was, we were a bit more hands on. It's like, no one's happy about it. Let's, let's, let's turn things around. We have to, or make changes. Um, so that was the first thing, like, that was a little unexpected. Like, you want the team to run well, but. Okay, let's say the performance takes care of itself a little bit. Wait, you were sixteenth or something after a while, or fifteenth, or what was the? We were yeah, sixteenth, fifteenth for the first. Oh yeah, we were we. It was just like our average time alive was sixteen, like was two minutes. It was just like we were dying <laughs> early game. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really rough. It was mm -hmm. it was tough to watch. Like, yeah. so, um. That was one of the first things. Like it took a lot of time to get an apartment, late notice, getting the computers. We had to boot camp a little bit because we didn't have our setups right away. But by the first couple of weeks into the season, performance was the main concern. Uh, when you ask about the issues, one of the main issues that was really apparent in phase three, and I think people know it's just there's a lot of pessimism about PUBG and PEL because there's a lack of communication. There was no schedule of things being released and just somehow everyone there's a reason to be negative and i was negative. and there's a reason but like it, there wasn't necessarily one glaring issue it's like we don't know if there's going to be a league next year um the viewership isn't going up um maybe there's problems with the map or they didn't release the, you know people are unha unhappy about sandhawk and and things like that there's just there just wasn't a lot of there wasn't anything positive. You know, with skins being implemented, viewership wasn't going up. I wouldn't say there was any particular issue that stood out to me. 
I mean, I was just focused on getting the guys set up and, and the team performance and being like, hey, our goal, by the way, the goal what for PEL phase three was to stay in PEL. Because I yeah. didn't expect this team to challenge for like top five or something. I was trying to be realistic, like PEL is getting tougher. The level really started to go up yeah. in the in the league in my that was my impression. So it's like let's learn from our games, get experience, and build on that. So in that side, I wasn't like, hey, this is a roster, they have to be top six. Let's just try to improve and just try to take it like that. And then if we can stabilize there, it's going to make it a lot easier for, for me to approach companies to, uh, to just, yeah, we actually have a vision in future stable PEL squad. At least that's close to the peak if you're a Western team mm-hmm. is you just want a team in the top league that's competitive and, and there, and, and then you grow your players as personalities of streamers yeah and then you have other stuff to do but you want to be stable you don't want to be worried about relegation and yeah. everything all your good plans and they just disappear it's useless if the team gets relegated so that was the goal that was all um so and the issues unrelated to performance were mainly just like we don't know uh if there's going to be a league next year um you know, then there's always like, uh, commu- like like viewership is 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 a, it's going up, it's going down. At least when I did my research, that wasn't. If you look closely, yeah, you could definitely tell that um, team skins were never released, and that was a promise, and that was a big one for orgs. And I understood that it wasn't why I got into it. I didn't think, we'd, but I totally understood. Like, it was definitely something I we want to be a part of and part of the revenue share, like. Even if they had implemented it, yeah, again, it's not going to cover us, but it's a good start. It's like part yeah. of building a sustainable ecosystem. And, uh, uh, but there's just nothing. There's nothing done positive. It's pretty much like it sounds harsh, but the issue was there's just almost no good news, only bad news. And, and people are just getting used to that. And there's just always, just always this bad feeling about where things are headed. Um, because if there's no good news, it's like money doesn't. You know, it's not going to stay there forever. These are big prize funds, PELs, 400000 Plus, it's expensive to run the whole league. Viewership's not going up. In my eyes, I see Starlighters, not a great, like, they don't have a lot of sponsors. It's like, no one's winning. Like, the viewership's not going up. Teams aren't making money. Pudgy's not making money in esports. It's just like, Either the ecosystem grows and everyone works together, or it, it, like dies. Like, like, and there's just nothing being done to build the value of the leagues and the teams. Also, the league was long. That's good for us, getting experience, getting more consistent viewership. But it definitely didn't feel more exciting in yeah. some ways. Like, like leagues, are, I was interested in the leagues from an org perspective, but as a viewer, it wasn't the, the best formula. formula. There, was yeah. something, there was something lacking uh, a bit, especially when it was only leagues. Like. There was no off season. There's no third party. You know, there's nothing. Yeah. Nothing else. So that's what I mean about the schedule. It's like it was only PEL, but there besides that. But yeah, I wouldn't say there's a big any big issue besides hey, lack of communication, which is internal. Like people have heard that, but um, okay, like orgs experienced it. But I mean, as a fan, you hear about that. You don't see it, but as a fan, you see there's no team skins. You see that 
you know, people unhappy about maybe map selection, people unhappy about uh, viewership or rules or anything. Th those are the, the outward facing like things people notice. But yeah, on the internal side, it's mainly just communication, revenue share, schedule, just lack of schedule, lack of like things to plan for. And, and you need to plan to develop good, good things, teams. Do I keep my place in Berlin? Can I, can I tell a sponsor there's going to be PEL next year? Can I like, there's just none of that. So I, I wouldn't say anything for me necessarily triggered it. I see why, especially orgs were there since the start, they were promised team skins. They didn't get like a lot of broken promises. Uh, because we were learning on the way, I was tolerant of it or let's say naive, um, but I was still unhappy about it. It just wasn't a maker at that point. Whereas let's say some teams already were dropping phase three, let's say NA was already, has already been taking hits throughout the year. Yeah. Um, I was still a little more okay with EU, Europe's or PL, the viewership is still there a little bit. We still got the main orgs in there. So I was still like optimistic, but like, it's just like, uh, where's the growth? I mean, how, the, this is the growth here. I mean, yeah, PUBG's not going to make money, but the viewership and people are, and it's just like, no, there's just almost no positive news of how teams can make money, no uh, ideas or things implemented on how the league can make money for themselves or, or PUBG ideas of boosting viewership. No, none of like just. It doesn't have to be money related. Growing viewership, uh, connecting the player base with esports, like the big PUBG player base with actually watching esports, whether that's uh, embedding uh, in, within PUBG or I don't know, using the, the the PUBG Twitch channel instead of PEL having their own Twitch channel, anything like that. There's exactly. just, there's just a lot of every things. decision. Yeah, almost in my like I've never seen such bad marketing in my life and such bad communication and chess is pretty bad but it is stable. the 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 way PUBG was just like i really did disagree with most decisions and it wasn't because like like as a fan like it's just like it just didn't make it's just truly bad like no one benefited from it. it wasn't one that like some people liked and something like everything in the end was like a net negative and that's yeah. just unfortunate that's just unfortunate like i I can't take a lot of positive things from it. Um, and we didn't have a say really, right? It wasn't like I was emailed about decisions or consulted or that there were meetings once a month between the league and org owners. Just none of that. It really is. You just wait for bad news and you read it on Twitter <laughs> or Reddit. It really was. And I didn't get emails. I've, I've contacted PUBG. I, I really, like, as an owner for a year, not... I got like my first email. Yeah, I got my first email from a PUBG, I would say representative this year. So in one year, $100,000 <laughs> later, I got my first email. Now I was about rev share phase three. About, so uh, so what happened? Oh yeah, I was about to ask like, there was some kind of revenue share, but it was for PEL shirts or and stuff. The, the shirts were bats or something. No, was the bats were bat? an MPL, but I think it was like hoodies, PL hoodies or some some sort of. Well, yeah. It's like it's so, like buying a Champions League uh, T-shirt with uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona playing in the finals, and you buy a Champions uh, League, you know, T-shirt. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. So no, yeah, it was. 
but I never, yeah. And that was, so something about revenue share this month, but in the last year, there was no communication and no real feedback or ways to like work together, players, the orgs and the game to t- team skins, custom skins, viewership, just anything that is just crazy to me. I, I, I don't know, like we either all benefit and work together, which is we're all, it's all going to collapse. And I'm just a big fan of the game. At the end of the day, that's like the foundation of yeah. I'm more upset from that sense. I just, I just see a wasted opportunity. Yeah, and I don't like them so far. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a bit of an outsider perspective. Again, had a team new into it though. I'm not, I'm not really experienced, but I tried to be as optimistic and support the scene how we could. And that's getting our even chess viewers to watch. And we got our guys supporting our team and and things like that. But um, there were a lot of questions. Yeah. Like, Eric, why does it take so long between games on the broadcast? I mean, a chess game can last up to six hours. But, and, and that's sometimes we're just thinking about a move. But 40 or 30 minute breaks without games, it's, it's 2020, 2019. It's just, you can't do that. I don't know. Something has to, uh, and things like it's just, it's just not a viewing experience. So, yeah. Even the chess fans are sometimes noticing. It's going to get better, guys. Or short, or how can we support the team? How can I buy a skin? I don't know. It's it's frustrating, but other people have more reason to rant. Players who have spent a lot of time, orgs who have spent more money and time and and everything. I really see the. I, I really didn't. I didn't tweet. Uh, I don't. Again, I didn't, really didn't feel like I was an expert on some things. I was learning and just asking questions, but. I totally get why people are tweeting and leaving and just venting their anger. But that was always there. Like again, by phase three, you could just tell things were a little off. Um, the one thing that I guess kept people engaged is is, is global, the global event in, in Oakland that, that some teams were competing for that. But for everyone else, it's like, you don't know when your next event is gonna be. There's, no te- there's just nothing to look forward to. You have no events, no off season. Um, and you're losing money, right? Because you're not winning any prize, and you're not getting like like those teams are are, yeah, in iffy spots. So, so what yeah, do you think? One, how much the whole endeavor like costed you when it comes? To yeah, that? I was saying I was saying I did that recently, and it, it was close to a hundred thousand for for the year. Yeah, about about about, about that. Um, that was yeah, that's that's and, a lot of money and. It, it is. It is. It's definitely the biggest investment I've made. Uh, I'm not like depressed about that as much as I am just sad of a missed opportunity. Like, like that. That wasn't. You know, just like there are so many people investing their time that we're not going to get that back. And it could have been so much more. It really could have been. I, 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 I think the game has potential. That's that's why I picked PUBG over other battle royales. Mm-hmm. Like as a viewer and as a player. When it's optimized, both from a playing perspective and from viewing perspective, I think it's more exciting, and I think it's got some really good. There's a good formula behind it, but all that is like theoretical because in practice, there's a huge disconnect right now, and it's just being run terribly. Um, yeah. But uh, today, it's funny we're doing it today. There's even more news, right? It's 2020. We just NA news for for PUBG and 
and more teams have dropped out every week and it's just not getting better like i like to be optimistic but right now i'm pretty i'm finally i finally at the end of 2019 when they cancel the league and and just so many unknowns i just couldn't get in um i i pulled the trigger and you know we released the roster but uh yeah that's 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 my a bit of my perspective. Um, it's like crazy. It's one thing I was thinking about. Like our team, we finished the first week of October. PEL. If you didn't make it to Worlds, you finished first week of October. You have no event until March. Or April. That's five or six months. Or April. Yeah. That's five or six months. So orgs are paying salaries. The players, as a player, you actually want to play. For, you don't want to salary and not play. Anyways, everyone feels bad about it. How, how's that? Five or six months, I, I just like <laughs> it's brutal. But you don't even know what the events. It's just I just it feels like, and of course, yeah, reading the news, PUBG staff are leaving, orgs are leaving, players, whatever. It's like again, it's always negative. It really feels like the only way to turn around would be a really good group effort. But that already immediately starts with working with the teams and the players, and that's not the case. Like in the decisions being made right now, that's. Still not players not being consulted, teams are not being consulted, and there's there's no way without that being done that I think they're gonna turn it around. Mm -hmm. But so from your perspective, it's not the game being forced too much into esports, and the, that it's more like it's been mismanaged as an esport, but it could have been yeah. a great esport. I, I think so. I, I like the esport potential. Uh, uh, I even think whether the league or not was successful, like leagues have some downsides. I don't think that's what killed it. I really think, I mean, even the leagues, um, if we maybe had a few more um, third-party events in the off-season, sort of like how they have in Asia. Because like, Asia, PUBG's doing and they have leagues. It's not what killed it. It's really the mis or what's killing it. Um, it's the mismanagement of, mm -hmm. of PUBG Esports or PUBG Corp. Uh, and really not knowing what sells or what does well and what people can watch i i i'm not sure what it is it's like the marketing's a lot worse than games like let's say i don't know league of legends or overwatch or something yeah. you know like just just it's just not professionally run and it doesn't seem like it's changing though yeah it just doesn't you yeah but it's i don't know there's I'm all, always going to preface this by saying I'm not an expert on PUBG. I'm just a fan here. But from from a business perspective, for sure, I know that job. Everyone's losing. That's not a good thing. I simply, no, no one's. It should be that everyone's making money. Or I mean, I'm just making. The views are growing. Like money growth is. I don't mean growth by money. It's more like views are going up. You know, new ideas are being implemented. Popular changes. The player base of the actual game goes up. Anything like that. I'm it's happy yeah. to me. Doesn't have to. We weren't looking to make any profit or any real financial return on PUBG, but but growth is obviously what you're looking for, and feeling respected as a as an owner, and and being and feeling part of the process mm -hmm. of hey, we're all going to make this five year plan or PUBG esport, and yeah. there's really never ever been a feeling of that, and uh, the results show. Well, what do you think is going to happen to PUBG esports in the next year or two? Um, I think it's going to consolidate as it has been going to downsize. And even if it, like, it's going to continue to, to shrink, there's going to be fewer players, fewer salaries as it will, fewer salaries, fewer players. 
Um, there's still going to be some good pockets uh, of viewership because it's a good game and it's good in Asia, but um, it's not like... I don't get the impression. It's like one of those cases of doing poorly. It's like, you know, we're going to fire this person, this person, this person, then we're going to hire the best guy from that company. I'm going to poach him from a company that's doing well, and he's going to turn it around. They're, they're reducing costs, but not like hiring more competent people probably, or like it's not one of those cases where you actually see this is going to be turn, turned around because they're doing smart changes. Like, sure, canceling the league system maybe saves them money, and that's a smart change. It saves a lot of money instead of having a, a stadium in Berlin, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it wasn't like that. It's like they're, they're getting rid of a lot of things, and it's not like there's a compensation for it. Like, we're going to make it leaner and better and all right now it's like... I have no idea where it's going, but it, you don't get the feeling that um, they're learning from their mistakes. They're just making the easy choices of cutting and maybe they, I mean, it looks like almost they have, it, it's hard to imagine it's going to be better run now when there's maybe fewer people working on the scene, right? It's like, are the people they're hiring now better? Like, That's they're going to hire question, one yeah. person who can do three people's job, like, they're so good. Sure, I, there there are cases like that. Where, of course, ban- like companies fire employees. Maybe they have too many employees. They have too many things going, on, and and they, they they change it for the better. You don't get that impression here that someone brought in to yep. fix the problem and 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 change things. It's, you, I don't get that impression. I don't know, but I know they're not communicating it at all. And and we still don't know what's going on. Yeah, but let's look at it from PUBG Core's perspective. When they started the game, I think they had maybe like 20 people working on the game, and uh, they had to employ hundreds of people to all kinds of positions, and one of those positions were like eSport-related positions, and they got people that weren't even necessarily good at what they do, but... Maybe they were the only ones that just signed up. Or, yeah. yeah, they just had to fill it up because, you know, esports, esports, let's go. It's going to be in 2019, the first seasons, blah, blah, blah. We got to get this done. Just get anyone. And then they got people, in my opinion, that didn't do their job. And I think a lot of people would agree for, in different regions and stuff. And uh, that all culminated with the league system falling apart because it wasn't executed well. Maybe the idea was okay. But it was maybe a little bit too much for for the for their guys to handle, and uh, I, it shows. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree. Like I don't like to say, hey, some someone's incompetent, but it really has felt like most people involved are, are incompetent. That's like just simply the word that they're not qualified for the job, or they don't have the vision, uh, the ability to execute what's needed for PUBG. Because one thing I like is such a passionate esports space people are so negative because they're so passionate about it. but there are so many people i read about on twitter and on things that are suggesting ideas how to grow revenue how to grow viewership there are so many passionate fans and players and team teams suggesting ideas brainstorming and actually like people people have visions and dreams it's i i like seeing that like where this could be and that's sort of what we were part of and it's just like there's no outlet for that because it's like the one people, the people who seem to not have that are the people at PUBG. It's, it's weird. Like I, I've seen some good ideas from org owners. Um, I think I think one of them I saw was from 
the manager of the Sonics, um, just like how to do revenue share, how to get skins out, uh, how to grow viewership, right? I mean, there it's it's crazy to me that positive change, like you and I can discuss right now things that truly would be better for viewership. And we're not qualified necessarily marketing people, but how to get more people through from the player base to watch the esport, right? The embedding part took a long uh, how they run the Twitch, what Twitch channel it's broadcasted on, uh, how the social media is run. There, there are there are, e- there are quick fixes that just haven't been done. That like us unqualified fans and, and people part of the greater community are commenting on that that are the case. It's like other games. Do. It's not like we're just like all on. Yeah, def- you're doing like- it like this. You know, no, we're we're probably in the right here, and history is showing yeah. that. And, right, but the way it's running, everyone seems to be right PUBG is wrong and not usually the case i don't think i'm in position to tell some other successful esports how, how they're running it they're doing it and they have people who are qualified and, and making some choices and i respect that PUBG, you don't get that feeling and you really see things that aren't being done properly yeah but in PUBG, it seems like there's some people that are pulling all the strings that we don't know about we know yeah we don't know what they're thinking why they're doing that and it just remains on, on that. That's it. They're going to make a decision. It's going to be that. And that's it. And no one, we're all just looking at it and, and trying to figure out why it's been made. That's, what, that's the way it seems. Somewhere, I guess in Korea, most of their decision makers are Korean. They're catered towards the Korean or the Asian market or China or whatever they're focusing on. And the rest is just, you know, if it does good, it does good. If it doesn't, well rip you know what can you do that's that's yeah, the feel that i no, get from it absolutely like i'd say the um, you know the one event in 2019 i thought exceeded expectations was the nation's cup viewership mm-hmm. was really high it was in korea it was well organized from- mm-hmm. maybe not well promoted i don't think most things in pubg are well promoted but it had high viewership and it's not, let's say, the most expensive event. It's not like they had the biggest prizes and things. And like, they, you don't see them like taking things they do well and like building on that. It's like that, whatever happened from that one, to me, that was one of the bright spots. It's like, hey, clearly that formula works well. Maybe we should do more of those events or what GLA does with some of their events, like nations competing and things like that. I don't know, but you can. You can maybe get better viewership for cheaper here and here, and I would totally sure. understand them trying things like yeah. that. But no, no, it sort of disappeared, and then you had—I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I have no idea why decisions are made. Like you said probably comes from like some sort of um, head office in Korea. Yeah, I hope so. I hope I—I I don't, I don't say hope so, but I assume so because if it was in North America, Europe, I have no idea why I can't get responses, why other orgs can't get responses. I mean, the main communication language is English. Hopefully it's not their fault, you know? The questions are very basic. A lot of them are very basic. When is this happening? When are we expecting the money to come for this? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It, I, it's funny. It's like, I came into the PUBG thing a bit like as an organization and from a business, business perspective, how am I going to run it? How many sponsors? But all that ended up happening is myself and everyone else is like, we're thinking about how we would, what we would do if we were in PUBG shoes. Like, where it's almost like now I want to, they should hire me or something. I would do a better job. <laughs> and I'm not going to say, but a lot of people are getting that feeling like you almost want 
to do that because we want to save the game as a sport. And I think it's actually important as an eSport for PUBG to do well, to maintain even, a, like having a successful eSport should be seen as a investment from PUBG Corp, like a worthy investment to yeah. maintain. Viewer, exactly. Not their viewership, the longevity of the game. Yeah. player base, the longevity of the game. So I, it's not just like for selfish reasons as for the game itself in a battle royale genre. We don't know how long it's going to last or new games will come out that that having a sustainable esports system is very important for the sustainability of just the player base of the game yeah um, that's been shown in other cases so yeah now it's like <laughs> it's the from PUBG's perspective i i hope that they hired some like good guys that are going to just come in yeah. and clean house like fire everyone hire good people <laughs> Make the tough choices, but also just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think a game can really succeed when there's such a disconnect from from the game and the people involved in the yeah. esports. I don't know, just it's out of all, yeah, I don't know. Oh, but it it's seems new like for me. They're doing <laughs> uh, the exact same poor job at at the game, like the core game, as they're doing in esports, and it seems like the the whole system needs a, a huge overhaul within PUBG Corp. You, you can definitely see similar mistakes in both in-game and out of the game in the esports world and everything else. In, yeah, in I usually follow you and maybe like Wacky Jackie for the actual gameplay. Yeah. What's good, what's bad. And you guys communicate so well to, to the audiences, like viewers also just tweeting. It's, it's good to have that awareness out. But I often get the feeling that changes are made with I don't know, due diligence would be the word uh, of, of ch like checking, but um, I, I see that in the game as well. And, and you know, it's like PUBG was extremely profitable in 20, so I think 2018 they had 700 million in profit, something like yes, that. Yes, who knows, yeah. It's just like they're something. really actually like doing well financially in a lot of ways. So they have money to invest in esports. They probably originally thought that and investing into the game itself. Um, so it's not like a dying game, you know, and the mobile is doing well. It's not a dying game. It's just not using resources properly, not hiring the right people. Um, but they, they have the money to take a loss and still fix it around. And let's say hire the right people, optimize the game. It's not like the game is just broken. We have a small player base. They still have the resources. Yeah. around, which not every game does, but yeah. it, it's really the windows shrinking. Yeah, as more and more people get fed up, and I was always telling myself like I was gonna get my good rant on PUBG because I haven't tweeted about it, haven't like released videos or something. So this is my chance for a full year. Not the worst rant, but I'm pretty. <laughs> hey, you were pretty, pretty polite up. there, right? Come on, you did. I'm pretty. I'm really? pretty fed up. It's just. It's just. I. The only reason I'm not going harder is like there's people who are screwed over more by me. I feel for the players, for the orgs. For the people affected that are the content creators are you streaming it like that at least for me my living is not based off of PUBG, and i do respect people trying to make a living playing PUBG, trying to be professional in some capacity i did it with chess there's a risk there i respect it in PUBG, and then everyone there who's trying to work on some side of the game is is affected more by me in some way like i i i, I want to give them the floor for the ideas and for that so this is that yeah, it's a bit of a polite rant i could 
I, I, I agree. And I, I guess you could talk for, for like 10 more hours about all the things that were going on. And, you know, the podcast is only about an hour, so we can't go too much. But um, to wrap it up, was, would there be anything that would get you back into competitive PUBG or as an as esports team owner? Yeah, I, it's not it's not a case where I'm never coming back for sure. It's like if I see positive changes, and not even like positive changes, like oh, no, it's not risky anymore. It's going to be good to invest in. No, even if it's risky, even if some things are unsure, if I see positive changes that 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 like I just like the direction things are going, I'm all open. Um, probably I'm going to be a bit more cautious financially in terms of like investing at maybe a lower. Because now, I mean, prices are lower. The, there's just less from a, from a business perspective. It's probably going to be cheaper to invest in now um, because there's less play for, less revenue streams. So I, I wouldn't enter at the same, let's say, financial uh, risk. But it's not impossible. But I need to see positive changes. Mm-hmm. And you usually will just simply have a feeling, is it going in the right direction? That's why I always say when you ask what the biggest issue it just always seemed like it was just going in the wrong direction. There's bad news. If there just seems like they're doing things right, that's already enough. Like, like just some small changes, but you just have a feeling they're actually speaking to players and teams, viewers. Just, just that's that's already like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. All right. I guess that's it, Eric. I'd like to thank you for coming in. Okay. And uh, getting it off of your chest, if nothing else. <laughs> if you didn't yes, have an no, opportunity th- before. Thanks. thanks for asking. One thing I will say is I stream level, I'm still looking forward to playing PUBG and streaming it again now that I'm back home. So Great. So I'm not uh I'm not quitting PUBG. I'll go back to being a, a bad player, a potato, and hopefully hitting you up. Yeah, let's uh, let's get some gains for sure. And you gotta coach me some uh, fifteen hundred blitz strats. I'm fifteen hundred now. I'm, I'm really I'm proud of myself. Yeah. You're, well, you're you're an analytical guy. I think you're doing the. Right. We'll take a look at it. We'll take a look at your games. I'll. We'll get you up to. Yeah. I don't know where your goal in chess is, but my goal uh, is just to be fifteen hundred. That's it. No, know. no, no. There's always a high ceiling in chess, and you can always work. So. Yeah. All well, it just depends on about. how much you want to commit to it because it's, it's how much a, you want to commit. But you could take two years off and maybe with a computer. And you know, it's at least it's always there. It's always going to be yeah. there. If you and it's it's the same it. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't change. So yeah, thank you, man. And uh, thank you. Uh, I'll see you in some games. Yes. Take care. That's it for this episode, guys. Uh, it's very likely that we're going to have more guests from the PUBG sports scene. Probably some from the NA region. I think it would be great to talk to someone from there to talk about MPL. Meanwhile, feel free to leave a comment on your favorite podcasting platform and leave a review. See you in the next one.